Welcome to our Sunday school time and welcome to our time of studying scripture together. And one of the things that I really enjoy about Sunday school normally is that we can sit and talk and share ideas, study the scripture, talk about it, understand it better. Um, one of the challenges I have with doing Sunday school class like this, especially if I'm a teacher, is um, it's a little bit more, I think it's a little bit more difficult for some of us to share our, our ideas or our revelations that we're getting from the scripture. So before we get into it, I just want to say, if you have an inspiration this morning, please share it. Stop me. I'm not up here to lecture. Um, I surely don't claim to be an authority on the subject. But I, I, I'm going to say, let's, let's not lose the opportunity to share our inspirations because of the way we're doing it this morning. We are going to be um, studying this morning in John chapter 16, uh, verses uh, 5 to 18. Let's pray. God, we thank you this morning for this inspired word that we have in front of us. And I just desire that as we get into the Sunday school lesson this morning, that we could um, understand what you have for us here uh, in this portion this morning. Thank you for giving us the word. Thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. And we pray your blessing on our class here. Amen. All right, John 16, verses um, 5 to 18. What I'd like to do is I'd like for somebody to read verse 5 to 7. Who, who will read that for us? You want to read it for us, Mary? Go ahead. You can, you can hold it there. Thank you. Okay, um, looking at these verses, specifically 5 to 7, um, who was Jesus, um, who was he addressing here? Who was it specifically spoken to? These were... Written were I mean these were spoken words. Um, who who was he talking specifically to? Twelve disciples. Okay, in his presence right there, we believe it would have been the twelve disciples. Oh, okay, it was after Judas had gone. Thank you. Okay. So we would put the, put here that it was probably in the in the setting where there was is after Judas had gone it was eleven of them Jesus was here um, talking to them specifically about him going away 
And he says, um, but now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me whither goest thou. Um, I, want, I want us to read a verse in John thirteen thirty six. Someone read that for me. Who will read that? 13, John thirteen thirty six. Dave? Okay. Naaman, go ahead. 13, 36. And then I have another one, uh, John 14, 5. Uh, Dave, you can read that one then. Yeah, what was the context there? So in that part of the conversation, they were talking about they were talking about Peter denying, and and, and Peter says, where, "Where are you going? Right? We don't understand this." Okay, go ahead, Dave. So, so with those two, those two verses, just previously, not. I mean, I think fourteen could have been in the same, same could have been in the same setting. Um, what? Why did Jesus? Why? What, what was his statement about here? He says, "And none of you askest me whither goest thou." What? Why did he say it like that? Because they just had they had this discussion. What? What was the why was the question asked? Why did he stay like this? Anyway, I, I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure that I have an answer for it. But I believe that. Um, I'm just going to read my read my notes here. Therefore, Jesus must mean not only the words of the question, but the heart of it. The previous asking was, in a sense, what will happen to us when you leave, not in the sense that Jesus meant here, what will happen to you when we leave. Um, I think Jesus was just bringing them, sometimes some of this translation can kind of get us, and I think that Jesus was just bringing them back. Now, right now, you're not asking me, okay, but I'm bringing it up again. I'm, you're not asking me anymore, but I'm bringing us back into this thing about... So we're going to talk about where I'm going. I, I, so if I may put it into that setting, I think that's what we're going with it here. And then he, he goes on to say in verse 6, because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. And, and I still, it, it blesses me when I'm able to take a, large, a larger portion of Scripture and listen to it in one setting or read it in one setting, like just read down through it uninterrupted, you're not dividing it by chapter or anything, and this is a long conversation here. 14, I'm not sure where this all started, but could have gone all the way back as far as uh, about 13, verse 36, maybe even beyond that, where Jesus, this whole conversation was going on, Jesus was talking to them about the fact that he is going to leave. And, um, and so, okay, so we're circling back again. He's saying, okay, we're going to talk about where, this go- where we're going. And now this sorrow is, 
filled your heart. And in verse 7, he goes on and says, Nevertheless, I'm going to tell you the truth. It is expedient for you. It's necessary for you that I go away, that I leave. And for I, if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. Um, what was the advantage of Jesus going away? I mean, Jesus, when Jesus leaves, he's going to be arrested. When he leaves, um, the ministry and the teachings and the miracles are going to stop. Just put yourself in a setting here. These disciples are sitting here. Jesus is saying, I'm, something's going to happen. This is going to change. I'm going to leave you folks. And, and all day, they were, they were with Jesus, following him around for the last past three years. He says, I'm going to leave. Right. Right. It, miracles are going to stop. Jesus is going to be beaten. He's going to be mocked. He's going to be sentenced for execution. He's going to be nailed to the cross. Um, he's going to be. He's going to die in the company of notorious criminals. His lifeless body is going to be laid in a cold grave. And then he says, "Nevertheless, I tell you the truth." And he goes on to say that the comforter will not, if I don't go, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And I think they were, and we look at this in, in, we look at in, we've been reading this, we look at in hindsight, we see what happened. What do you think was gone through their mind? Like, I never heard about this before. Comforter. I, I, I think they heard about the Spirit of God. They, they've heard some of this talk before, this understanding of somewhat who God is, but I'm going to send the Comforter to you. Any thoughts? What, what for backdrop would they even have had? What indication in Scripture? Well, you would have to believe that they were, they were interconnected. You would, you would think there was definitely a connection. Now he, he just goes on and he's expanding on it. But for Jesus to say to them that they're going to be doing greater works than he did, what, what an astounding comment, thinking of all the miracles that he did. What's he saying? One of the things that 
would have taken place prior to this is when he sent them out. And they came back saying that they had witnessed different things happening. So they would have had that. Wow, I mean, like, well, bigger things than Jesus did. You have more on that, John. Jesus, in a sense, being man, he was geographically limited. Right. Being in one place at a time, where the Holy Spirit is not limited to that. And after the Holy Spirit was, came upon them, they went out, you know, that the Spirit worked in different places at the same time. Mm-hmm. Not limited geographically. Not limited to one place, right? Yeah, or even even eleven or twelve of them, right? Or seventy. And I, it seems when he says greater works, it's mean more in volume. I believe you. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would say I believe you. I, I think that could. And so, is it in that context that he's saying that it's expedient, it's, it's good and right mm-hmm. that he goes so the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, can come? Right. Okay, any other input there? Couldn't the greater works also be spiritual? What are you, what are you ref- referring to as far as... as well, the works that Jesus did, the physical, the miracles and so on. But the preaching of the apostles that brought salvation Mm-hmm. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to move on. We're going to read from verse 8 down to verse 11. Um, if I could have someone to read that section for us. Uh, verse 8 to 11. Somebody want to read that for us? Go ahead, Daniel. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. Okay. So in this, these verses here, what do we mean by sin? Okay, he says that the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Spirit is going to come, and he's going to, um, he's going to reprove the world of sin. Let, let's back it up. Okay, let's talk about the world. Who do we mean by the world? Unbelievers. Unbelievers? What is the word? Is it just unbelievers? Everybody. Okay, I would, t- I would tend to believe it, it would be unbelievers and the believers everyone and then it goes on to say uh, so they, the world everybody of sin and sin is the truth about man so the holy spirit is going to start speaking start he's going to be speaking to man about sin believers and unbelievers um that's going to be one of his jobs. And of, the, and of righteousness, righteousness being the truth about God, 
and about and of judgment. So I want to I'm going to go into that a little bit. Uh, then verse nine, and it goes down and says of sin because they believe not on me. Okay, so um, one of the one of the um, jobs of the Holy Spirit is going to be convicting the world of sin, believers and unbelievers. So this is this is the question: Was the Holy Spirit not active in the people's lives in the world before Jesus left? In this aspect, I'd like to have some conversation on that. I think it was a transition that says in the book he said, "This take of the Spirit that they which believe in him might receive, because the Holy Ghost was not yet given." It was a transition from the Spirit to life of Jesus Christ and working miracles until His Father shows up. He said, "Why well, call us down means really there's none good at one until he's pointed his heavenly power at that point. <clears throat> so was was the spirit active in convicting people of sin? He came as a man, that was the spirit part of it. He became a came as God, that was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He said, I'm the resurrection and I am the life. Okay. Why the world couldn't see him, they couldn't receive him because they see him not. They didn't see him even when he was here, right? Right, when he came in the new form, then convenient is 2020 today, you know? 20th day to 20, in 2020, in the book of St. John, that's where he breathed on him and said, Receive you, Holy Ghost, that's your new breath, and they didn't have to wait to come across that crowd. Okay, so. Eh. And it was, it's, it's interesting here that Jesus says, now some of these things are going to, if I don't go away, it won't happen. But when I go away, I need to go so this can start to happen. So we're going to, we see here that the Holy Spirit is going to convict. Um, he's going to, and I'm just going to read what, what trap, this is, a, this is a statement by one of our um, by trap, he's going to convict or undeceive the world by refuting those odd conceits and erroneous opinions that men had before taken in and were possessed of it. So he's going to convict the world of those things. And it is a serious thing to resist and reject this work of the Holy Spirit, which is especially prominent and powerful in seasons of great spiritual advance. This is by, by trap. Okay. Before the convicting work of the Holy Spirit, one may say, I made, made a lot of mistakes. Nobody's perfect. So, yeah, we know, people know, whether they're Christians or not, that they're, they're making a lot of mistakes. But when the Holy, after the Holy Spirit comes in, the convicting work of the Holy Spirit, one will say, I'm, this is where I think the difference is going to come in as a believer in, in sin. The Holy Spirit will say, you know, you're a lost rebel. You're fighting against God. Um, I shouldn't say after you're a Christian, but Holy Spirit will say, uh, I'm a lost rebel fighting against God and his law, and I must rely on Jesus to get right with God. So one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is convicting men of sin. Whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, it'll be the Holy Spirit will speak into our lives and speak into the lives of people about sin. 
And, um, and I do, sometimes I, I, I guess this is one of the things that I was a little bit unclear about how that happened before. The work of the, you know, God was at work. He was at work in people's lives, bringing them to the realization of righteousness. I mean, that righteousness is needed, but somehow it's different now than it was. Like the whole, and, and I believe that's why it was expedient that Jesus went away. The Holy Spirit can come, and he can uh, not be just tied to one person or to the twelve. Like it seemed like there was, a, there was a freedom that went out from the Holy Spirit at that time to go out and speak to the world about sin and then about righteousness. Uh, righteousness is, we go back down to uh, verse 10, of righteousness because I go to my Father... And you see me no more. Okay, let's let's talk a little bit more about righteousness. What is righteousness? What do we talk about about righteousness? Getting right with God. Living right. Living right. And then he, he comes right behind it here and he says, because I go to my father. And, he, and he's talking here to the disciples. So the disciples, you know, if they were with Jesus and there was, we read some of the stories where Jesus brought them back into, uh, says, hey, you know, this is, they were arguing one time and he, he set, set the disciples back. said, I'm going away, but the Holy Spirit will guide you into the, righteous into right living and i think that um there's a lot of people today who like to to go down this this road of the holy spirit told them to do to do this or to do that and one of the things i think that we need to continue to think about here is that the holy spirit will never guide us into things that are wrong that the scripture that doesn't align with scripture so will the holy spirit um Will, this, will the Holy Spirit ever lead me to steal? Will the Holy Spirit ever lead me to lie? So, I mean, I had this question asked to me one time. I said, well, what would you do if you were, uh, you were held at gunpoint uh, in a situation uh, where there's rebel fighters and they ask you if the person in the car is um, a Christian. Would you, or if, if, if he is of a certain tribe or of a certain nationality, would, and you know, they say, well, is he, well, right now, is he a Ukrainian? You got stopped by Russian forces. And for whatever, would you say, well, would you tell them the truth? Would the Holy Spirit ever tell you to lie in a situation like that? And of course, these were these were people that had been in those types of situations. And I said, "Why? Well, I don't believe the Holy Spirit ever tells you to lie. I don't. I don't know how how God always can work out those kinds of details, but the Holy Spirit never leads us into sin. They always lead us into righteousness, into into right living. Any other input on that?" 
Amen. So I think there's a lot of confusion sometimes around what the Holy Spirit guides people to do. And I think we sometimes, I've seen people who get confused with what they felt was the Holy Spirit and what was their own, in a, their own ideas. And it happens sometimes, right? Okay, then of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. Um, so the Holy Spirit is going to, he's going to show us about judgment. What are, we, what are we thinking about here? What kind of judgment? Does the Holy Spirit ask me to pass judgment on somebody else? How many, how many of you heard this recently? I mean, like, oh, you're judging. Or I shouldn't say, how many of you ever heard it? Oh, you're just being judgmental. Don't judge me. Ever hear that? Hey, raise your hand if you heard it. Okay. Um, I've heard it. Um, and I, I don't know. It seems like it's, it's something that is, is thrown around lightly. So as a believer, does the Holy Spirit give you the wisdom to judge between right and wrong? Yes or no? He does. And so the verse that keeps coming back to me is like, well, um, well, I should ask you, what verse was given to you to back up that statement? Huh? Okay. Okay. Discern. We're asked to discern between good and evil, right? Exactly. Thank you. So for... For the, for the times when it was put at, at me in a way like, well, you shouldn't be judging me or shouldn't be judging that person. It was, it was more like, well, you shouldn't be discerning that that is wrong or evil. That might not be wrong for that person. And I think we have to be discerning. Like sometimes some of the things that we have chosen to stand on may not necessarily be a sin for someone else. But if it's, if it's called out in the scripture as sin, it's sin. It doesn't matter where it is. Can I have an amen? Um, and, I, and I believe that, okay, and I believe. According to Scripture, um, it says here that we are asked, the Holy Spirit will give us the wisdom of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Is this how it is? Prince of this world. Yeah, prince of this world. And I... The Holy Spirit, I think, will lead us as Christians to know what is sin and what is not sin. And I, and I believe that Christians are called out. They are called to call out sin. Maybe not as much against unbelievers sometimes. 
But, it, but to call out sin in, in my life. If, if I'm a believer and I'm working alongside of you as another believer, I believe it's not your right, but maybe your responsibility to call me out on it. To discern between sin. And even when we're amongst people who may be, believe that they're believers, but they're living in sin, I think the Holy Spirit will sometimes work through you as an individual, living out right, living out that righteousness. It will, it will, it will sometimes bring about a judgment against the unbeliever. Sometimes without you saying something, simply because you're willing to stand up for truth and not. Not, not fudge truth, not compromise with untruth, with, with sin. That, that work of the Holy Spirit in your life will bring about a judgment and will bring believers, will bring judgment against the sin and unbelievers and may make them hate you. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? I, I, I'm putting it out there. Like, how do we? Scripture will stick up for itself. That book sticks up for itself. My word is truth, and they know I am that truth. If you got the truth, and you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell we're not going to get through all of this today, but um, I I would say that it should be a prayer of ours that the Holy Spirit would work in us. First of all, I think in these three aspects in my own life, that that the, the Holy Spirit would reprove the world, not just the sinners, but me as a, as an individual would reprove me would of of sin and of righteousness and of judgment um it was a concern of his for sure i think it's a con- it should be a concern of ours that's your seal it should be a concern of ours Okay, in verse 13 then, um, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. 14, he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Jesus was not being presumptuous. He was stating the fact that he's part of the Father. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and show it unto you. Jesus said, hey, the Holy Spirit is going to take some of these things that I have and give them to you as followers of Christ. He was talking to his disciples there. Yet a little while and ye shall 
you shall not see me, and again a little while, and you shall see me, because I go to the Father. And I think we're just going to stop at verse 16 there, and uh, thank you for your input in the class. And really, I just, in studying about the Holy Spirit here, my little bit that I was forced into for a class, I just felt like I really, how much, how little I know about the work of the Holy Spirit, and how much I would really want the Holy Spirit to work uh, in me more. And that balance that we were talking about of, of living out, speaking it, speaking out against sin and, and in judgment, the balance of doing that with God's love, with Jesus' love in us. God bless you.